Hello everyone, this is Mark Guy again for another podcast session of Speak Brave and with my good friend John. Hello Mark, good day to you and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, I'd like to start right off and speak about speaking up. Have you ever remained silent about things that matter to you, John? Many, many times up until just recent years and I'll just simply say that my experiences at Toastmasters gave me confidence to be able to begin to speak up in forums where otherwise I might just sit quietly and say, uh, what will be, will be. Okay, so the way I understand it is you took ownership of your thoughts, yes, your life, mm-hmm. ideas, and you gave yourself a chance. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. And that's how I feel. When you have a chance, excuse me, when you speak up, when you don't want to, when you feel that, what does it matter? I'm just another voice. I think you give yourself a chance. And a chance to change the trajectory of your life. I like that phrase, change the trajectory of your life. Because I heard you give a speech. <clears throat> and I remembered, excuse me. You made the point that often we don't speak because we fear. Yes. And I thought, well, yeah, there are times when it's best to remain silent, particularly in situations where there may be physical threatening processes. And sometimes it's best just to try to say nothing because it may only exacerbate the problem. But most of our situations involving fear, I think, occur with family, occur with friends, occur at work occur in church, occur in social relationships, even talking political process. So you mentioned in this speech that I heard you give, one day you find yourself looking in the mirror and seeing your life. And I I don't, I'm not sure that I'm quoting it correctly, but what stuck with me was, is you see this patchwork of silent moments sewn together with fear and I never heard a phrase like that and then I started doing introspection which is something you've always encouraged us to do look inward think ask yourself have I been in a place like this before and your message was so relevant and so much something that just about everybody there could relate to that it left that powerful impact upon me. And funny as it may seem, in recent weeks and months, I've heard other people speak of why they were silent about something and how later, in retrospect, they regretted that. Yeah. Well, I think human life is precious. A human life on this earth is precious. Yes. And we live in it. I also think that human machine that design that we have that spirit in the machine that you have inside of you and yes. inside of me it is so complicated it right. is so complicated and we learn and we are students we're students of social sciences we're students of speaking communication business we are we talk about it we um, we send and disseminate our message I also believe that as a human machines that we walk in talking we're so complicated and sometimes 
over years, you know, when you when you're born, your child, and your teenager, young adult, uh, mature individual, we learn, we learn different cues, and we learn how silence can be so comforting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are punished for speaking up. We are. But the more I see, because sometimes if you live a sheltered life, you will live a sheltered results. And I believe I, I'm just right there in the trenches. I am scared sometimes to speak up. I am too. But yes. So the, the, why is it so important to speak up? Because if you don't, you'll never get a second chance. But what I learned more just this weekend, John, and I want to share this with you and with the listeners. I used to say, when you are silent, you hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I understand. Not only do you hurt yourself, you hurt others. And that's the price I'm not willing to pay. That's the revelation I got. But this you weekend. had to arrive to the point where you said that's a price you're not willing to pay. I am not willing to pay that price. Yeah. Because first I think, okay, well, you remain silent. You hurt yourself. You betray yourself. You abandon yourself. You get away from the truth mm-hmm. that you believe in. But there is more. There's so much more. Because when you remain silent, you hurt others. And you're, well, not yours, but it's your coward, your coveredness, your lack of courage, lack mm-hmm. of bravery. It, it may kill others. It hurt them deeply. And for me as a man, as the one who have been betrayed, who have been abandoned, who have remained silent, that's the price I'm not willing to pay. Have, and, and have I, you heard the phrase sin of omission? Sin of omission. And I think it, I think it's toxic. It's, you see, a lot of times I want to bring this. Let's say talk. Let's talk about personal level. Okay. On a relationship level, uh, men and women meet, and you know they talk, or whoever meets, and they start to build a relationship. If one person withholds information, goes into silence, mm-hmm. the relationship dies, or it handicaps, or you mortally wound the relationship, yes. and it cannot go forward. So. For me, it's not only do you hurt yourself by silence, you hurt others. And that's the price. It's too high. Something most people, though, I don't think about. I mean, I don't think they think about it. Uh, This happens in marriages. Have you ever had or seen an individual who, when confronted with a conflict where there's a disagreement, and the disagreement can be on one of many, many things in marriage, perhaps, more than any other relationship is some of the most intimate and personal things, but they cover a broad spectrum of day-to-day living. Sometimes if one individual is very strong about stating their point, almost to the point of being perhaps harsh, even abusive in their language, you find the other individual becoming silent and withdrawn. That can have tragic consequences because at some point you are not just allowing that individual to cause you damage but you are damaging them by not confronting them and saying wait a minute this is not how it should be a relationship must have an agreement in principle that communications and thorough communications and transparency is the most important component of the relationship so i just heard you i think say a key word agreement in principle yeah and i think yes it is an agreement 
every time you enter some kind of a relationship or some kind of interaction with another human being, there's an agreement. You create your agreement. I create my own agreement. And I just realized you saying those words is that there's no, there's no winners in silence. There's I agree. There's no winners. None. It appears that you hurt yourself and you hurt others. And th- there, it's, it's like a zero sum game. Nobody wins. Well, it's the sin of omission. Nobody again. wins. Because you see what you're doing is basically by not saying it, you're lying. You're lying to yourself. Yeah, first. You're lying to yourself first. You betray. Well, the story that you heard about mm-hmm. me yes, exactly. is that I met someone, a woman. Yeah. And at first, I wanted you know, to build a relationship. But it turns out there were some major differences that just couldn't handle. But you were silent. I chose to yeah, remain you made that choice. silent because I didn't know any better. Maybe I was too afraid. Maybe I didn't have enough experience. Now I know. I paid with my own blood. There were consequences because of that. Unintended, but nonetheless consequences. Well, do you ever get the sense that something is wrong? Yes, I do. There's a gut feeling, and I have yeah. to think we have to trust that. And I, yeah. I've talked about that in the area of the adaptive unconscious, that part of us that is instinctive based upon the conditioning we've had in life. So, yes, you can walk into a situation, not hear a single word, and it's, it's amazing how we can pick up a sense that something's not quite right. Something. I do have an interesting premise for you here. Yeah. I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are among those who have engaged in online uh, matchmaking or online dating. I want to share a story because it's come very close to me. Yeah. Two individuals. One now, of course, happily married for five years in an online relationship with a lady. He was a widower. She was a widow. Both of them were in their 60s when they first met each other online. He lived here in the state of Florida. She lived in Hong Kong. They maintained communications with with each other through emails, through texts, through Skype, where they had a chance to talk to each other visually, Mm -hmm. and also obviously those periodic phone calls by cell phone to each other and they worked out a plan where they could actually come and meet one another he went over and met her and her family in hong kong she came to the united states a few months later and spent time with him and the children from his previous marriage because his wife had died early of cancer Long and short of it was they tied the knot. They wanted to be married. They wanted to be husband and wife. And she was at the stage of her life where she was ready to move. So she relocated to the United States. And they are happily married and live in Orlando. They're active in church. And he, of course, now is a mental health counselor specializing, of course, in marriage relationships and whatnot. Now, Let's fast forward to today. Here's my question. My son has had many, many individuals that he has gotten to know, and he's had some serious relationships. However, at the age of 35, soon to be 36, he's really never had a serious enough relationship where marriage was in the prospect. He might have thought of marriage, but in the relationship with the individual, there were circumstances which resulted in them drifting apart. Yes. Now, recently, 
within the last two months, he became, by way of Facebook, in contact with a young lady who is 24 years of age who lives in the Philippines. She has a Facebook page. Her family comes from an evangelical church background, as does my son. My son is clearly uh, 11 years her senior, soon to be six years her senior. But she is from a very, very traditional Philippine family. Mm -hmm. It's strong respect for family and for the older adults. In addition to that, a high degree of work ethic as far as education. Last but not least, she seems to have a very serious interest in him. And their communication with each other is a daily process. And it's done by way of text, by way of Facebook, both private messenger as well as Facebook posts. And of course, from time to time, they're Skyping. And I'm saying to myself, it's interesting, all these years, the women that he was dating were women that he met through his normal everyday social interactions. But he has never been this serious about a person. So there's that part of me that says, this sounds like it could be a lovely relationship and she sounds like a lovely young lady. But at the same time too, because they don't get to see each other physically, there's always that question, what are the potential dangers that lie there? Because maybe the relationship is not as transparent as it seems. Maybe they are possibly withholding things or they're afraid to share truths which they feel might damage their relationship. Wow. Pretty John, deep, huh? This is this is this this cuts across and I think people can relate to this. I can relate to this. I think a lot of our listeners I mean, can too because it's it's um, yeah. no I mean I met your son once I think. Mm -hmm, you have or maybe a couple of times, and I know that you talk about him quite a lot, mm -hmm. and you have filled me in about his adventures and his um, not so good adventures too. He's had his ups and downs in life. Oh, oh yes, but have we, we all? Have. We have all, and I think it makes makes it real, makes it real. And I enjoy listening the stories about your son and 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 about your wife, of course. This is part of life, you know, the cycle. Of meeting people, looking for me. I mean, this is what we're designed here to do, to connect. Now, I hear in your voice there's some questions you have. Mm -hmm. Questions yeah. you have. Oh, your father. You care. This is your only son, right? And now your questions are about transparency. And trust. Mm -hmm. And how do you build credibility and trust when you've never seen the person in your life? Not physically in Not person. physically. So in that situation, I think it just takes time to really find out mm -hmm. who the person is. If you Are you familiar with the work of John Gottman? No, I'm not. Okay. He is a relationship guru, an expert, a researcher, a scientist. Mm -hmm. he talks about marriages and relationships and long-term commitments one of the things that I have took away from his snippets of information on different sources is that when you're dating someone and you have intention to get married one of the ways that you can kind of take a step back and make sure that you spend time together 
through two seasons of life. Specifically, what he says is spend two winters together, two summers together, two falls. What's the other? Two springs. Two springs together. Okay. So you can see the person in and out for, that's what, like 24 months, right? 24 months. 24 months. Relationship. 24 months. Now, he doesn't say whether it's a virtual relationship where you go to the computer or you see people face to face. But there is value in that. There's still value in that. Even if it's a virtual relationship and it's two years, it still shows who the person can be. Mm -hmm. And I think you as a father have a genuine care for this relationship mm -hmm. and for your son. I do. And it also can relate to the audience. And it also ties up to this speaking up. So you speaking up what's on your mind. And I think, I think it is much better to ask to be transparent who you are and ask the other person and ask the questions that you have to ask. Because if the other person wants to continue with you, they will accept it and they will come up with, a with the answers that whatever the answers are. And you have to accept it because you have to have you have to set the rules of the game before you get in the, the rules of engagement. Yeah. What are the rules of engagement? OK, this is what I will accept. This is what I will not accept. That is hard to do. Sometimes we're so infatuated, we want to change in our lives, we want to have those dopamines and all those mm -hmm. feelings and emotions. It is so hard to it control. Is hard. It is hard. But I think we know better. We do. However, too, I think it's important for us to understand that in my life growing up, there was no such thing as uh, long-distance relationships as far as meeting somebody yeah. through a dating service and whatnot. Now, yeah. granted, there were times when I was... There was one time before I met Donna when I was engaged. Uh, the, it turned out it was not the right relationship, but that was found out through the communication process as we communicated in writing to each other while I was in college and she was back home at her home. We discovered some flaws in the relationship, and when we finally got together and talked about it, it was clear that going forward with a marriage was not going to work because she can reconcile herself to the direction I was going, but equally I could not reconcile myself to the direction that she wanted to go and the degree of independence that she wanted to exert without feeling she needed to at least let me know what she was doing. And in a relationship, husbands and wives need to communicate all the time. Yes. It's a trust issue. It's a trust issue, and I see what it is. It's If you want to build something as serious and something as so foundational as marriage, mm -hmm. let's say, you have to communicate. And yeah. not only communicate, but speak up what's on your mind. But I also think, you know, Dr. Seuss oh, yeah. is so elegant and so eloquent. Amazingly elegant. And one of his books, that I mean, he wrote how many books? 50 books? At least. At I least don't know. I've never really counted them. I know Quite a few. Quite I know why I've read a, a, a plethora of them. Yeah. And one of his very famous, The Places You'll Go, All the Places You'll Go, mm -hmm. right at the tail end of the book, he talks to his readers. And he says, be careful. Keep, keep walking. Keep going. But remember, the life is a great balancing act. It is you have to balance silence. Yes. You have to balance acceptance. You have to balance insight. And you have to balance speaking up. But I believe if you want to get to the truth, you have to speak up. Because that's one of the ways you can poke 
you can push and prod and get the information out. And that's why you have some kind of baseline experience. Mm-hmm. Who the person is, what are they about, where are they going, what are they going to accept. And I think it is hard It is hard when you're in the middle of the your relationship. It is easy for me to say because I'm not in it. But it is value in it. That life is a great balancing act. And I think by speaking up is one of the tools. Because if you don't speak up, and I think it comes from self of, uh, sense of self-worth and also courage. You have to have the courage to speak up, even when you don't want to. Maybe it's maturity. Maybe it's uh, fears that have accumulated over the years. And I think everyone has to fi- find out what are the fears are. What, are. what is the one that's holding you back? Yes, I know you've been hurt or abandoned or I have been sure but you have to push through it because this is only one life to live yes we make mistakes sometimes you feel to yourself oh my gosh I'm getting older and this is not working out but you know what you have to get up dress up show up and speak (laughs) up sir (laughs) get up dress up and show up and speak up and speak up you should put that in your book (laughs) <laughs> well, it may not be original, but it certainly sounds original for me when coming from you. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on as you talk about this importance of speaking up that you'd like the listeners to take yeah. with them from this conversation? What I wanted to say is I, as a person, always had a difficulty to speak up. Because years ago, when I was just a little boy, I read this fable about this that I think comes from South America. And this fable describes an old man, man who has been around, and, uh, the one who has gray hair and wrinkles, and he's just a wise old man. And what, what is noticeable about that man is that he always sits in a corner. He always sits in a corner. and. We don't know how old he is. The village records indicate that he may be 100 years old, maybe more, but nobody knows. And they ask him, what is the secret to your longevity? The man raises his head, gets up, and looks at everyone. And he said, I am this old because I waited for everyone else to speak. That story, I was maybe five or six years old, stuck with me for the rest of my life. And in that sense, I, you see, we interpret our life, whatever we interpreted at that time. And I thought, that's going to be my secret of longevity. I'm going to be the listener. I'm going to let other people to speak. I'm going to respect their time. I'm going to respect their thoughts. Now that I look at it, it was just my fear of speaking up. It is my own obstacle of getting up and have my opinion heard so i have latched on to that fable that's how irrational that was from all those years ago Mm -hmm. that i'm gonna have fancy i'm gonna grow up and have this longevity but you were speaking you're not doing you're not going yes like i said dr seuss has it right life is a great balancing act so for me it was a struggle to speak up to have my voice heard and then, yes, I have been abused. I have been bullied and teased. 
in my school. Mm-hmm. I have also, when I was, before even introduced to Christianity, I heard about this man. And like I said, I was, before even 70 years old, his name was Jesus. And what I heard about him was, when somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. Turn the other cheek. And that, for me, also became part of who I am. So remember that fable, then I heard that. And of course, I didn't understand. So for me, those puzzles, those pieces of information fit who I was. And I became comfortable with my silence. Like I said, silence and I were the best friends. We used to sit together in silence. And that have, but I realized that, that is dangerous path. Mm-hmm. Because you have gifts inside of you, and so do I, and so everybody else. And those gifts can be expressed through speaking, through dancing, through writing, through drawing, through whatever, building, mechanical gene, whatever it is, you have to let it out. And I believe one of my gifts is speaking. I've, I've been in silence for so many years. It's, 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 time to, it's time to speak. And I want to, if your story is different, why are you silent? Yeah. What are you silent about? How is it working for you? Because if you don't speak up, you have to live with the consequences of your silence. And like I said before, not only do you hurt yourself, you hurt others. Mm-hmm. The cost of silence is too high. Yes. It is really too high. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. And I will see you next time at Speak Brave. Thank you, Mark Guy. I look forward to talking to my good friend again. And we look forward to sharing with you and hearing from you as well. For Mark Guy, this is John Morrow saying thank you so much. Have a great day.